Joanne Rowling is known to the world as the creator of the most famous young wizard, Harry Potter. But it looks like her magic doesn't end there. JK can transform into a different persona, all out of her free will. The name of that guy is Robert Galbraith, and Rowling has been using this pen name since 2013. That year, she released the first book under the pseudonym, The Cuckoo's Calling. Once the fan found out Galbraith never existed, and the author behind the crime novel is JK herself, the book instantly became a bestseller. But why would one of the most famous writers of all time want to hide her real name? As Rowling explained herself, she did it to avoid any hype or expectation that would otherwise come with the book. She just wanted to focus on writing, and she regrets that the fans had found out her secret so soon. She chose a male persona to go as far away from her own personality as possible. Although she didn't feel like it affected her writing style. It's just a different genre we're talking about. Rowling chose the name Robert because it's one of her favorites, and she never gave it to any of her Harry Potter characters. The last name Galbraith comes from her younger years when the writer, for some reason, was dreaming to be called Ella Galbraith. She never knew anyone under that last name, so it was just an odd wish. Another writer who wanted to disguise himself was Stephen King. Another reason for that was that publishers back then thought releasing more than one book per year under a big name was oversaturating the market. He wanted to write more. So, in 1977, the first book under the pen name Richard Bachman came out. For eight years, he was successfully hiding under that name, publishing books like Rage, The Long Walk, and Thinner. He registered the book's copyrights under his agent's name. The mysterious Richard Bachman would probably live on but for one bookstore clerk, writer, and fanzine publisher. Steve Brown from Washington, D.C. had read enough Stephen King to understand that Bachman's books were too much like King's. So, the clerk decided to send a letter to King's agent, asking how they wanted to go about it, with at least one person knowing the secret. He then got a call from King himself, asking what he wanted to do with that knowledge. And that was the beginning of the end for Bachman, who stopped existing soon after. Sometimes, finding the writer's true identity in real life can be a whole mystery with plot twists itself. When publishing House Valancourt books wanted to reprint The Beehive by Margaret O'Donnell, they spent months trying to find the author and get their official permission. O'Donnell is a really popular last name in Ireland, which only made the task tricker. They searched public documents and newspaper archives, and even used the data from the book's dust jacket like her university name to locate the mysterious author. There was another woman with the same name mentioned in a bibliography found on Google Books, but it turned out to be the wrong Margaret Jane O'Donnell, which only made things worse. Finally, they had to use Twitter for help. It was a risky move because it was like openly admitting the book rights were up for grabs. The publishing house wanted to reprint it because they felt like The Beehive could be relevant again when they saw a mention of it in an article online. First, they had to find the book itself. A university library helped out with that. And then, the detective work began, which was nothing new for Valancourt Books. All they had was the name Marguerite O'Donnell, and a mention of her husband's and son's only by the first name. Years later, a woman who claimed to be her granddaughter left a comment about the book on Goodreads, but all she left was a first name and no contact data. Luckily, Twitter really saved the day. After some wrong leads within 24 hours, someone sent the obituary for the right Margaret O'Donnell. It turned out that she had passed away in 2019, 
and her son had become the executor of her estate. When Valancourt reached out to him just days later, he was really happy that his mother's work would live on, and he was sure his mother would have been thrilled about it too. If you have one of the many books in the Nancy Drew series at home, it should have the name Carolyn Keene on the cover. In reality, there's a whole group of ghostwriters hiding under that name. American writer Edward Stratemeyer, Stratemeyer, created the character and wrote the outlines for the first book. Then he passed over the pen to Mildred Wirt Benson. She wrote 23 of the first 30 Nancy Drew novels. Mildred granted Nancy Drew many of her own traits of character and shaped the personality of the famous teen detective. Independent, brave, and feisty. She enjoyed reading adventure and action stories from an early age. When he was 13, her short story got published in a popular magazine for young readers. There weren't many career choices for girls in the rural part of Iowa at that time, but luckily for Benson, her parents supported her wish to become a writer. She got a degree in English and traveled to New York. There, she met a businessman named Edward Stratemeyer, whose company employed ghostwriters to write popular books. He asked her to help him work on the Nancy Drew series. The young amateur detective became a dream image and role model for several generations. After Benson, several ghostwriters kept the story alive. You probably never heard of Marianne Evans, one of the most successful writers of the Victorian time. That's because she became famous as George Eliot. Before writing novels, she worked as a freelance writer in London with projects like the Westminster Review. Through the work signed George Eliot, she brought the world a groundbreaking method of psychological analysis in contemporary fiction. Marianne fell in love and started living with a philosopher who was officially married but separated. It was a huge no-no at that time, and all the eyes were on her. To dodge those judgmental eyes of society and not associate her work with the scandal, she chose a male pseudonym. And that's how George Eliot was born, a perfect blend of George in honor of her love affair and Eliot the last name she found easy to pronounce. We all know Agatha Christie as the genius behind Hercule Poirot and Miss Marple, dishing out twisty mysteries that keep us on the edge of our seats. But Christie had a secret identity. She decided to don the disguise of Mary Westmacott. She didn't want to be pigeonholed into just writing mysteries and tried to explore the depths of human psychology through a different lens. Under the name Mary Westmacott, she penned six captivating novels that delved into the human soul. The name itself wasn't just random. Mary was Agatha's middle name, and Westmacott was a name that ran in the family. Her fans didn't catch on for almost two decades, and even after that, she still published two final novels under the pen name. When she was invited to an event celebrating her work, she thanked the organizers for asking her to meet Agatha Christie. She also added that she was planning to bring her old friend Mary Westmacott with her. The real name of George Orwell, the literary mastermind behind 1984 and Animal Farm, was Eric Arthur Blair. When he wrote his first book, Down and Out in Paris and London, it was a deeply personal account of his life in poverty. To keep it secret from his family, he chose to write under a pseudonym. Another possible reason for that was his fear of failure and the fact that he disliked the name Eric. He mixed the name George, the guardian of England, the country he loved a lot, with the River Orwell, his favorite hangout spot.
That's it for today. So hey, if you pacified your curiosity, then give the video a like and share it with your friends. Or if you want more, just click on these videos and stay on the bright side.